Hit the record button. Get prepared as soon as you hit the playback. We about to ignite every one of these haystacks. If you ain't ready for you should make tracks. Peace to beat rock, no time to fake jacks. If that heart's yellow, we gon' make it harsh, fellow. Cowards get roasted in the fire like marshmallows. I'm the shark in the shallowest part of the water where you thought it was safe. But there ain't no escape. The fire banner that's creating a blaze from the pages of the journal and making an inferno. You're a sterno in comparison. I spit open metal. My train seems punk rappers over the trestle. Try to wrestle with this only in your dreams. Giving sunburns and fevers out, raising your degrees. Keeping it full four and nine and won't turn it up. Otherwise, the whole damn book will get burned up. Welcome to the Shadowscape Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Sean. And today we are in the studio with the one and only Gangster Grass. Say hello. Yes. Hello. Here we are. Hello. 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 Are. What's really interesting about you guys is like that statement. We, you know, like there are, we are. Goodness gracious, the statement, one and only, does not apply to very many people. However, like every single press person and everyone who's ever written a bio is like the very unique and the one and only ever. And it's like a just like a really super regular singer songwriter and not that special. <laughs> I don't know any other music that sounds like the, you guys. None. Somebody out there, please. It's lonely out here. <laughs> yeah. We need some friends. We wouldn't mind. We really wouldn't mind. I mean, it's not hard to do. You take some bluegrass, you take some hip hop, and you put it together. It's and be dope about it. Yeah, you got to be dope. Yeah, you do need to be That's dope. You got to be dope. It should, yeah. You should really be dope. Yeah. What would you say that it takes to be dope? As someone who's probably never been We're dope. likely not dope. Okay. <laughs> you need the mic for that one. Yeah. All, right. All I know from a hip hop standpoint is that if. Uh, if if you're an MC and you got something to say, you need to say it well. You need to be interesting about it, and you need to be able to you know do it a couple of different ways. Um, I'm fortunate enough to rock out with one of the dopest MCs on the planet, my partner Dolio the Sleuth here, mm-hmm. um, and he does all sorts of things, all sorts of ways, and this guy can spit you know on all sorts of stuff. And so the idea is that if you want to claim you want to claim hip hop. You want to claim MC status. You want to claim that dopeness. You have to be dope. Not not you can't just say that you're dope, but your peers have to recognize you as talented and good at what you do. Okay, so question: I grew up listening to uh, a, a couple, a, a certain couple of guys who would have called themselves MCs, and in their songs they specified, "I am an MC, not a rapper." And I know that there are some firm definitions and some fluid definitions. Please tell us the difference. Well, like the obviously MC comes from master ceremony. Mm-hmm. Uh, rapper is more um, is more of a um, of a person that recites as opposed to like a person that you know interacts can, with the crowd. Interacts with the crowd, write, write, writes their own stuff, that type of stuff. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of there's a lot of rappers in the world. Mm-hmm. Lots of rappers. You can't walk down the street without tripping over a rapper in some right. cities, but. There's not a lot of MCs left. Right. Yeah. Like a yeah. Like a rapper. A lot of times you you can be a rapper and put out a record, but if you can't rock a show, you're not an MC. Right. Right. Thank you. That's perfect. Man, we just got so much smarter. Like I think right we got a little doper actually. <laughs> I, I don't can, think I'm not going to claim that. If I can talk about these guys more, it yes. is, it yeah, is rare it. in hip hop shows nowadays that you really get MCs that get a crowd going. It's like rappers that are kind of rapping along to their own verses while they're playing the track really loudly. Oh. Just right. Like, we don't have to go <laughs> there. Yeah. We don't have to go there. Gucci man, Gucci man. Uh, <laughs> no. But. but these guys really put some energy into the crowd. Yeah. And I'm, yeah. I mean, I really appreciate seeing, seeing a couple of rappers in my lifetime and yeah. a couple of MCs. Yeah. I much respect to y'all. I'm, yeah. It's such a pleasure to, I joined recently, like yeah. October. So it's a, pleasure to be with y'all yeah, yeah, echo no, that I, echo that absolutely for the for the instrumentalists in the band i think you know getting to play with these guys it just it, it sets an elevated bar just a really really high bar in terms of in terms of performance in terms of stagecraft and energy um this is dan by the way i'm the i'm the banjo player and um just i, I feel like you see a lot of banjo players out there who are extremely gifted you know very technically talented and they stand stock still with just blank faces and just stare straight ahead and then they're nailing it you know all the work is in the hands and that's very cool um but uh man every time i get on stage with these guys it's just i, I feel like if i if i can do half of what they do i'll be doing a very good job yeah <laughs> and that's what i aim for seeing you guys in that back corner room in montreal 
The Last Night of Folk Alliance. Do you remember that? Ooh. Do you remember that show? Yeah. I was sitting on the floor, front row. We I think all, Christi- we all pretty were. Pretty much our, our whole team yeah. was just on the floor. That, that like, was us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was like we, five million pictures. We're the, we're the Folk Alliance media crew. We're the ones that put together yeah. all their multimedia stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, I grabbed you in the elevator and told yeah. you about my dad who has a restaurant. Yeah. Father-in-law. Yes. Okay. Um, we, you just met it. So it's all coming him, together for you. We just met downstairs. Yeah, okay. All right, all right, all right. So, but that night was special. And that, and that, I think, is kind of what you talk about when you talk about being an MC and moving a crowd. That entire room, I mean, you had just uh, people from all around the world, from cultures that aren't what we would call dope. Like just completely cultures, not the whole culture. No, there's dopeness in the culture. Like, well, I'm I'm just saying, like, we had like like Irish folk singers in that room. Yeah, just utterly and unabashedly rocking out with you. There was some dope Irish folk singers in that room. There was some dope Irish folk singers in that room. Yeah, yeah, no, it's a great, it's a great. Yeah, dope, dope, dopeness transcends culture. Yes, it's good. If if you are proficient and excellent in what you do, you are dope. Yeah, and I'm sure your listeners already know about the Folk Alliance Conference, so we don't have to plug that. But it's uh, it really it's a fantastic time for us to be there and to get to kind of rock the whole the whole conference and the whole folk music community. Uh, we were we were running around all weekend, uh, talking getting our about faces it. melted by get, all these other amazing our artists. Faces melted. Yeah. Isn't it experience? Stuff. It is, but we also get to be a part of a larger folk community and a conversation. And so yeah. we were trying to add to that conversation. And uh, th- that was really when we started introducing uh, the sort of the slogan and the hashtag. What do you Hip- say, Randy? Yeah, what is it? Hip hop music is folk music. Hip hop music is folk music. Music of the people. That's the yeah. definition. It absolutely. Of folk music, right? And hip hop and hip hop music. That's that's you know a huge part of it uh, for us. You know, people know bluegrass music is a folk music. I mean, that's kind of a given. You know, that's uh, people already are aware of that. But we're trying to spread that within the folk community and say we're really combining two folk musics here. Mm-hmm. That's cool, man. Yeah, that's amazing. What one thing that you said that, that stuck out to me, if if you kind of like dig into you guys at all, is you said, "Hey, I'm new to the band," and if you look online, I feel like there's so many different Variations. versions of you. Yeah. You guys, is that intentional or is that you know? I had six member changes in my band, and it was only intentional because I was probably not a very nice person. <laughs> I had to learn a lot. So, but I, you know, I, I didn't know if there was any fluidity to what you guys are doing on purpose or if it's just kind of how it goes. We're trying to make sure nobody knows who to assassinate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not the real Gangster Grass. The real Gangster Grass is in the Vehicle 2. Uh-huh. And, um, yeah. Yeah, we're, the you're the decoy. Yes. You're a very talented decoy for what Thank it's worth. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. We, we do it like MF Dome and just have different people in masks. Yeah. <laughs> Buckethead. We are Buckethead Grass. Um, yeah. I mean, a lot of that's just life, you know. I mean, yeah. being in yeah, a band, yeah. a lot of it's just uh, doing it as long as we have. Um, well, but that's that to Rich, the band leader. Yeah. Ranch, explain yourself. Yeah, uh, part, <laughs> part of it is also um, starting the band and bringing together bluegrass people and hip hop people. So um, finding finding the the right people, you know, sometimes took took some trial and error and people coming and trying it out, not lasting with it, and and also the things of life coming up and people having to, to come in and out. But I feel like also, you know, we're we're getting to the point of having found the people that really should be in the band. Yeah. yeah, settling into that core group. Well, that was one thing that I wanted to ask is, you know, we were flippantly joking around earlier about how there's nothing in the world like you guys. And that's not a joke. I mean, like, sincerely. It's not a joke. Hey, man, that's not this, a joke. How, but my it's question is, can you give us just a 30,000 foot view of, like, how this came to exist? Uh, I, I was like... Let me make some bluegrass hip-hop. <laughs> For real, it was just like an epiphany one night? Uh, so I... Uh, my dad's from Oklahoma, and I grew up with a lot of honky-tonk music around the house. Mm-hmm. Uh, Willie Nelson and Johnny Cash and George Jones stuff. Um, but I grew up in California in the 80s when hip-hop was exploding. Uh, third grade, went to see the breakdancing movies and uh, Beat Street and stuff like that. And became a breakdancer during recess. And uh, that's what all my friends were listening to was hip-hop. So those became my big influences when I started making music. I wanted... I wanted the I wanted the beats that were really you know rocking the block, and I wanted the twangy stuff that had that feel to it, and put them together. So it was really just like I can do nothing else but this. Yeah, it, yeah. No, this is what comes out. Yeah, you tried to stop, didn't you? You walked always, away. Always. But there ain't no stopping. No stopping. You no can't. No stopping. That's one yeah. of our songs, by the way, folks. <laughs> <laughs> Plug. So glad you don't have a mic right now. <laughs> do you, Do you feel like that? That made it tougher for you. I know. I know so many like. 
you, you come up and a manager, manager catches you or a label catches you and like, you got to pick one because we don't know how to mm-hmm. market this. And right. anytime you, particularly even you guys having multiple vocalists, mm-hmm. like that, like there's so many rules you guys are breaking. And then, mm-hmm. but yeah. you look at your like number four on the bluegrass charts, like yeah. obviously who cares, but <laughs> yeah, who cares? do you feel like that was? Well, the nice thing is we haven't had anybody important uh, start working with us to tell us <laughs> we have to choose. And we've just been doing what we want to do. And it's working. If I can say anybody to anybody, it's anything to anybody out there listening. It's like don't, don't, don't try to pigeon your, so, pigeonhole yourself into one genre because all of our influences are extremely varied in this mud of a country that we're in. So just take it and run with it. Take what you got and go forward. I mean, I I'm coming from playing bass, being in hip hop bands, being in like orchestras, being in jazz bands. And then I decided to play some bluegrass, which got me in the old time. And then there was this band that was like, your resume looks right. So Gangsta Grass is where I ended up. Right on. And I mean, prior to that, do you want to talk a little bit about like just getting into old time and deeper into the sort of like the music that influenced bluegrass and some of the music that influenced hip hop and just, you know, sort of the sort of the common history? Cause yeah. Yeah. I feel like you've so, looked into that. Uh, uh, I I dig into to music in a weird way because I'm always looking for things that apply to me or that connect to me with music. When I went to college, I had just picked up upright bass and I was really playing upright bass because I I needed to go to college and that's what colleges were looking for at the time. So I ended up going to Howard and I loved jazz at the time. I really liked the bebop guys at that time, but then started digging into older catalogs of guys like instead of miles davis and dizzy gillespie people like stuff smith who influenced the bebop era Mm. or uh pops foster who was uh, a bassist in the hot five louis armstrong's hot five uh kid ori reaching further and further back to charlie Patton, and this whole time i'm I'm really just searching for well i don't want to play uh, these white guy composer songs all the time because I don't, some of the lyricism's great, but like I don't want to play these songs all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to find some music that means something. And so I just kept on digging further and further back. And that eventually led me to uh, to listening to the Chocolate Drops. A, a professor of mine told me about them. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And I didn't believe that he said it was black folks. And I saw the album come like, oh. Okay, it is. I didn't know we played this. Yeah, if your listeners don't know about the Carolina Chocolate Drops, I don't know how, but uh, <laughs> you really—that's a—it's a great place to start getting into this this whole this whole movement and resurgence, right? Of, yeah, of been, what's been happening for a while. This is not new. For about a decade, they've really changed the the cultural landscape in what is folk bluegrass and old time they aren't cornbread and butter beans are they yeah absolutely (laughs) yes there you go absolutely and so much more yeah i mean it's really worth a deep dive later on down the road i I was playing with this uh bluegrass band the hackensaw boys and i met dom flemons on the road he was one of the founding members of the carolina chocolate yeah we just got to talking talking history and we became friends and started touring together and before them i was touring with him for a long time didn't play fiddle before him, picked it up with him because that was like the kind of fiddling I was into. That was that's that's where I wanted my entry point into that instrument to be and yeah, now I'm here. Yeah. Um, and hopefully I'll bring the bass on the road too at some point. <laughs> that sounds like a lot of work that I would never want to do, but <laughs> if you're willing, man. <laughs> yeah. One thing that you said, and I'd, I'd love to dig into a little bit, is you were talking about school, like like education. Like I I'm... went to Howard for a semester. <laughs> okay, cool. Dude, me, dude, I went to like a community college for a semester, okay, so okay. I got nothing on Also, you. shout out to UDC, because I also went to UDC for a semester. They All got right. a great program there. Yeah. I love Alan Johnson's killing it with that program. What I'm curious is, like, since you guys have, it seems like you have kind of a a mix of of influences, and and I'm just, I don't know where, like, you guys, like, grew up and what you were listening to and what you like, Um, but at this stage in your career, like, you you guys are obviously killing it. You know what you're doing. When it comes to growth and learning and and, and, uh, progressing as just, like, a 
maybe an MC or, or maybe a banjo player or maybe a fiddle player. What's that look like at this point? Like as like grown men, like who actually already know what they're doing, what's growth look like? How do you, where do you look for that? How are you pushing yourself? Who wants to take that first? Because we all have 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 answers for that. I'm pushing myself to pay these bills, man. (laughs) For real, for real. I got three kids back in Philly. um, And so it's a matter of wanting to take that next step as far as, yeah, let's get bigger. Let's let's blow this thing up. But But at the same time, not sort of stepping out into that realm of, well, all right, so what's making money now? Okay, well, let me go. Let me go start mumbling or whatever, and you know that kind of stuff. Because I'm not gonna do that, man. Get some trap beats. Get some trap beats on the track. Good. I just wanted to say thank you. I'm good. Uh, I got an album coming out called Boom Bap Therapy because that's that's where my heart is at. I'm very much a you know 1994 hip hop dude, and that's I'm I'm trying to sort of hold on to that and. You know, like I said, <laughs> make some money, man. I got two degrees uh, in administration of justice. I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree, and I sell comic books and I make bluegrass hip hop records. So I owe a whole lot of people a whole lot of money for <laughs> degrees I'm not even using. But you know what I mean. The 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 factor of the matter is this is where I belong and this is what I'm supposed to be doing. And you know, these guys have given me the opportunity to really just sort of, all right, this is this is. This I, I I found my place not even knowing I was looking for it. Yeah. Everybody should have an answer to that question. Yeah, I feel like that's that's really. I guess I'll take that to next. Uh, for me, getting better as an MC um, is more about I guess holding my craft to to make it more um, understandable. I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I teach when I'm not on the road. So like, what do you teach? Um, I teach actually computer programming. Really? Um, um, Object-oriented programming in Java, basically. Um, But I've been, I guess, I spent a lot of time reading and, like, just kind of adding more ammunition to the, you know, the brain so that I could take these complex thoughts and break them down into simple enough terms that people can understand them artistically. Yeah. Um, And just, and I probably shouldn't be reading a lot of stuff that I read because <laughs> what happens is that you kind of get upset and then it makes you you makes you create more you know right yeah um well, we, we just happen to be in a in a in a time I mean isn't we've never been in a time where stuff wasn't happening but we're at a time where things are happening at such a pace a feverish pace that it needs some sort of processing yeah. so that so that um people can interpret it and then take action based upon you know those interpretations. Yeah, yeah. So I feel like, as an artist, that is our role, is to be able to digest and interpret what's happening culturally, um, for you know people that need that distraction, or they need something that'll give them hope. Yeah. What? Growing to be an interpreter. Yeah, I mean I do that too sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> but I, man, I love smart. Rap. I love smart rhymes. I love it. I love well-read. You're talking to poets. one of the kings of smart. Rhymes I I know. Here. I know. Yeah. And I just like I just want to say thank you for pushing into that because I feel like we live in a world where if you want to get rich and famous quick and then fall off the map quick, write something dumb and catchy. Mm-hmm. Right. But well, if what's, you want, what's wrong with my career, man? I was like, <laughs> 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 I was so dumb. But we don't want that. We don't want that for our career, and we don't want that for our art. We want legacy. So you write legacy to build right. legacy. Yeah, and it's not nourishing too. I mean, you're talking about junk food. Right? Yeah. yeah, no, that's what you're I'm saying. You're talking about snack food, which mm-hmm. is you're grabbing fun, a Twinkie. But like, it's it's even if it works, it's not good for you. It's yeah. not good for you as a, an artist or a person. It's not good for the listeners. It's not good for the industry. Like, if we all just continually accept that and listen to it, you know, I mean, then there's responsibility to the listeners, but a lot of it is the industry and the things that you're fed. Mm-hmm. But I mean, if we just accept that over and over again. That that can't be good for you in the long term, yeah, you know, yeah. for your brain or for your heart or for your soul or for any of it. Plus, yeah. you, plus you want your art to plus you want your art to stand the test of time. You don't want to be I I I like I for me as a hip in hip hop as a hip hop I always felt like it's something that's it's more than just the music I listen to. That's right. it's part of my culture. So right. like uh, 
I feel culturally a, a citizen of hip hop. So if I'm gonna be hip hop my whole life, I want records that I can perform my whole life. Yeah. Or, mm -hmm. or, or like 20 years from now, I don't wanna be up there, you know, doing the chicken noodle soup dance. Yeah. Right, and <laughs> it's, it's, it's dated, it's irrelevant, right. It's, right. it's, yeah. And that's, the funny thing about that too is that you were just talking about trying to be, trying to be receptive to what's happening around you in the moment. And what's interesting about that to me, you know, I feel like I, I grapple with that a lot. I always feel like when we're dealing with traditional music, like bluegrass too, and I'm writing these songs and I feel like all these songs have already been written. Mm. Like we're tapping into stuff that already exists. We've people, these stories have already been told. A lot of this stuff is really not new material, but you know, you're, you're kind of just tapping into the zeitgeist. You're saying, well, yeah, it's been told, but I need to tell it again now today. And it needs to be me telling it. Um, because that's going to be a new iteration. And so I think that's kind of the balance where if you do something that's today, but you also want it to last into the future, you know, it, it has to be good and it has to it has to be in touch with something that's that's real and has a solid foundation and that's not just going to be ephemeral and, and gone tomorrow. Mm. Um, Reach back to go forward, send go forward. You absolutely have to. You have to have roots. And I mean, it kind of gets back to how I feel about progressive music because, you know, I play in some other bluegrass bands and a lot of the time I'll use the term progressive bluegrass. Um, and I think progressive is a great way to be on anything. But, yeah, you, you know, you need to understand that progressive to progress, you have to start somewhere. So I think it's important to have a really good root in some kind of a some kind of a tradition or just history or just knowing where you're coming from. And then you have to go somewhere with it. So you can't be progressive if you're only bound in the past and you don't take any steps forward. But I also don't think it's fair to say you're progressive if you just move forward without any historical context and without any awareness or, or intelligence. I don't, I don't yeah. think that's really the same thing as being progressive. It's almost naive. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to be naive and you don't want to be hidebound. Um, so somewhere in the middle there is really... It, it takes something to be able to say, I know what this is, and I'm able to move forward with it, to take a really solid, anchored step forward. Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's what the progress of human human society has been. You, you build on all the work that was done before you, but then you had to add your work to that pile. Mm -hmm. you, know? Yeah. you know, you go from chip chiseling a wheel out of stone to, you know, the automobile. Right. Mm -hmm. And you take from that, and next thing you know, you're, you're shooting rockets in the space. <laughs> you yep. gotta, it's 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 you you need that foundation of what was built before you, yeah, in order to have something to stand on. But you yeah. can't be afraid to move forward right. past that. Exactly. You have to be able to expand. Sankofa. I just like that word. It's a good word. It's a good word. It's well, a good band too. With the I I can say honestly, I I could make up a lot of stuff about how I'm trying to 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 make high quality stuff but i think the truth is i've been trying to write a dumb catchy song that makes lots of money <laughs> and i keep failing to do that because i just start making it more interesting and then it's what i like and that's what we end up making i would say that it's a beautiful failure you stumbled yeah. into my friend <laughs> yeah hey beautiful failure i've attempted I like to do it a couple of times and <laughs> our son will tell you we have records in the in the in the vault in the that vault, we'll never see the light of day <laughs> oh. just because of us trying to make these dumb stuff yeah, just to right, get it out yeah. of our system yeah, before right. we actually go those, ahead right. and do those the real have, deal those have like the stupid advisory on them yeah, it's, like right. popping, yeah. it's like popping a zit before you go look in the mirror <laughs> you know what I mean Right, you get the bad out. Yeah. We get the bad out. And the saddest part about it is that even those so-called stupid records are like still like super lyrical. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the that's the, the really hard part is like once you get to a certain level, you you can't you right. can't regress. Yeah. yeah. So even if you try to make just the the worst record, it's, it's still something dope yeah. to it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah I've, I've written several like dumb. Dumb records that are like filled with double and triple entendres and uh -huh. metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> like, <Dude. it's> like, <laughs> yeah. Have you ever thought about farming those out and just like selling them to other people who just will never be able to do it? Actually, yeah. I have, well, what I did is I, I have um, I have performers that I kind of who have agreed to be 
those people mm-hmm. yeah. for me. Be my dumb side. Yeah, yeah. yeah it was like, yeah, I can't show my face with this. Uh, <laughs> but it could do something, and someone right. else could it's do right. something right. with right. it. So why let it die exactly. in a vault? Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. So you talked about making records. You guys have just put out a record recently. When yeah. did that come out? Uh, yeah, in, uh, in the middle of February, actually, while we were at Folk Alliance. Oh, uh-huh. that's right. Right, right about least. the time we were meeting the first yeah. time. Yeah, it was okay. maybe the night before we yeah. saw you there. It's the... uh, it's a live album. The first time we're putting out a live album, oh, right but on. it was time because we our live shows are so different from the studio recordings. There's a lot of spontaneity. There's a lot of improvisation. A lot of just the the energy yeah. of playing off of each other that we wanted to capture and let some people have a chance to hear that when they're not at a show. Yeah. And I would say more so than other types of music and other groups, your live show would have so much more of a margin and an opportunity to be different because of, you know, in hip hop with the freestyle nature and, and the and the improvisational nature. I feel like that's something that the world would be missing if they don't get to one of your shows. So Absolutely. it's great that you put out a live record. That's amazing. Yeah, like you would never know that Randy is, is freestyling so much of the stuff that he does uh, from just one show. Uh, you know, if you go to multiple shows and you realize this verse is completely different than it was last night. <laughs> Wait, this is a third, again, totally different verse. That's... And he just said something about the shirt I was wearing, which he's never seen before just now. Like, yeah, you, you don't realize that that's all. He just said something about that thing that happened last night that we weren't going to talk about. Right. <laughs> you got you to gotta understand, like, I'm surrounded by all this talent, right? So... Every one of these guys is is a talented musician, and they can all sing and all this other amazing stuff. I can't do any of that. I can't Hold sing up. to save my life. I'm not gonna let this. I cat don't be. play anything. I'm not, so all I can do, all I can do is rhyme. All I can do is rhyme, and so I have to be very, very good at that to be able to hang out with this group of jokers. But you, you breathe it fantastic. and you think it, and that's amazing. Yeah, I met I met this cat in '99 in a cipher, and ever since then he's been one of my favorite MCs. And we didn't get a chance to work together until Gangster Guys. But as soon as we had a chance to work together, I jumped on it. I was like, yo, dude, you got to get down with this. Again, he's one of the sickest. in my life. Yeah, off off the top of the head, he's one of the sickest people you will ever see. Yeah. I'm not going to let him be modest. Were were you the one at the end of the show, that last show in Montreal, where you freestyled about every person in the band for like 10 minutes? That was you, right? Yeah, I guess that's all I can do. my mind. That's it, man. That is is the extent of my abilities. I'm pretty sure you freestyled about like a snowstorm. I did. That's all I can do. (laughs) Yeah. So to to really make sure that I'm, uh, I'm adding something to this whole thing, you know what I mean? Because I, I could theoretically just memorize all of my songs and do everything on, like the way it is on the records. Don't do that. But it, it Don't wouldn't that. be it wouldn't be nearly as much fun. Right. I, I like being able to you know throw curveballs at the audience and at the band and you know have yeah. them just not prepared for what's about to happen. And you know it's a it's just a lot more fun because when you even if everybody doesn't catch it, when somebody catches it. It's the best feeling in the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So the the live album captures so much of that, and it captures the way that these songs have developed. Like sometimes we'll write a song and it'll go straight to the studio and record it almost immediately, and then we'll play it on the road for like five years, and it's it's almost I wouldn't say unrecognizable, but it's so different by the time it's evolved and you we've break allowed it in. to breathe. Yeah, you know, yeah, it's a living thing, and uh, so we capture a lot of that. And also, you know, if anybody's thinking about doing this sort of thing it's surprisingly easy because all we did really was we went to the venue right and a lot of these boards are digital and you can just plug in a little usb drive and get a multi-track recording straight off the board sources from all the mics and all the di's and everything and if you know what you're doing and wrench does you can just you know mix that and have a surprisingly good sounding record that still manages to capture the live energy. Yeah. So it's not a studio project and it wasn't intended to be, but it's people people are enjoying it because of the energy and that's great and you think like okay, it's a live record, that's great and it sounds like trash because it was recorded from the back of the room on somebody's phone. <laughs> mm-hmm. It actually sounds really good and I want to stress that because people will hear Yeah, check out this record. It's called Pocket Full of Fire. Pocket Full Gangster of Fire. Gangsterass.com slash Pocket Full of Fire. Um, and also, you know, like people think of live album and they think, oh, it's going to be bad. You should listen to it because it's good. And people think the same thing about us as a band. They think like, oh, it's a bluegrass hip hop band. That's probably going to be bad. 
you know, well, you just have to listen. You just have to give it a shot and, you know, try not to try not to assume. Live in Stockholm, Coltrane. Sure, there's there's been some amazing live recordings out there. There are a lot of bad ones. There's a lot of bad ones. There's a lot of it's like I made a live album. Yeah. I like Yeah, yeah, you're you're talking about history. Like before we had the technology to everybody just make their own live album, like then if you had a live album twenty, thirty, forty years ago, it had to be good. Yeah. It had to be good. Those live albums they they basically brought in a studio to the venue. Yeah. Yeah. And these days you can just do whatever you want and Throw it up Wait, on can I, SoundCloud. Can I take a minute to shit on Charlie Parker? Nope. No. Move it along. Cut his mic. What you can't see is that the microphone got snatched. From <laughs> we'll leave the pop in the audio for people to hear. Dare Charlie you. Parker doesn't have shit on stuff. Smith. Anyway, so we're back from the break, and uh, we just got done talking about how great Charlie Parker is, and we love him so much. Um, yeah. Sorry about that brief edit. <laughs> Uh, I'm really curious. Do you actually do the studio albums? Like I know reading yeah, about I'm you. Yeah, I'm the producer on all the the studio albums, and then even for the live album, getting all these multi tracks from the venues of our recordings, mm-hmm. I was able to go and and make them consistent and kind of mix it the way it should be mixed. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you yeah. do you guys like when you're on tour? And this is a pretty lengthy tour, right? Mm-hmm. Do yeah. you, do you just take like computers and interfaces and all that and just kind of make it happen as you're going on the road, or do you? We right did. now we're we're doing song development more in terms of just breaking out our instruments and uh, coming up with stuff. Right on. Yeah, yeah, I think you've been doing studio, uh, studio stuff for the most part, but now we're. Um, I mean, I'm new to the band, so we've been developing a lot of stuff in rehearsals and yeah. the time that we have in between our tour dates. Yeah, the process can change. Also, what's nice is sometimes we'll have written a song and then we might go into like. Uh, I don't know, like you pace studios or someplace like that, or you know, so like a studio like this will go in for do just a little appearance and a hangout. And uh, so, what do you what do you guys want to do? Well, um, here's a song that we you know literally just wrote, and then this will be like the first recording of it right. that exists. And we haven't had a minute to sit down and record it. Yeah. But here we are, and it's actually sounds pretty good. Yeah. And that'll that'll that's happened a few times. Wish we could have done that for you today. Just cutting that's live a- demos. <laughs> It's cool to just sit down and talk, honestly. Yeah. We've yeah. been doing a lot of playing. Yeah. Get up. Yeah. Go play. Get out. Get in the van. Pack up. Be there for hours. Yeah. Yeah. Get it's, out. There's a lot of Unpack that. Everything. And and we do Ruby. appreciate getting to talk about it too, because this is you know, there there is more to it. Like we like to have fun and we like to you know, give people a good time, but there is you know, we do think about what we do and, and we really do appreciate getting a chance to talk about it any, any chance we get absolutely appreciate everybody, you being everybody here. here i'm not sure if we're getting to her uh, in or anything but everybody here is up to something interesting in their own world can we talk about that yeah, yeah. go around absolutely. the circle man love that love that damn okay um so yeah again uh we should probably say our names and where we're from and the instruments we play there you go so uh <laughs> i'm dan and i play the banjo henceforth i have been referred to as danjo um and uh, I'm from D.C. originally. <laughs> I'm from Washington, D.C., and I live in New Jersey these days. Um, I play the banjo with this band and uh, another Philly bluegrass band called Man About a Horse. And um, that's that's pretty much all that I do. I do, you know, gigging around the New York, Philly area. Um, and I have a solo project also uh, that I had a song from that um, EP called Crossover. And the song's called We Are Gonna Be Okay. And I wrote it a couple years ago with my wife. Uh, and it just got into the Spike Lee movie Black Klansman last year, which nice. is really yeah, terrific thing. And I, I wish I could explain to you some sort of a behind-the-scenes magic, but I submitted it on SoundCloud, and he liked it. And that's <laughs> literally the end of shout that story. Shout out to SoundCloud. Yeah, yeah shout <laughs> out to SoundCloud uh, and Spike Lee. And that was a very cool thing. But, uh, yeah, uh, that's what that's I do. Awesome. Yeah, I, I occasionally oh, I, home brew, I, will, I will brew a mean beer. Anybody with a hat like that. Is, that's right. <laughs> oh yeah, we don't talk about the peanut brittle. Yeah. We, yeah. yeah. If you have another show I will, for food, I will fight you for that peanut brittle. Yeah. Oh, you make peanut brittle? <laughs> yeah, my dad's from St. Louis, and so I've been carrying on the family tradition peanut brittle recipe. It's oh, okay. uh, it's something to brag about. All right. I mean, I play banjo, and that's fine, and and all this stuff, but I'm very good at peanut brittle. <laughs> Banjos and brittle, man, it's good. Yeah. Also on the couch here is Sleeves, who's been traveling with us. 
uh, doing tour coordination and official administrative disbursement and retrieval of non-Euclidean fluid dynamics. Mm. <laughs> yes, all the mathematical, so you geometrical. Should, you should talk about yourself because you're like undercover. <laughs> Your sleeves have changed in the last three minutes. Oh. <laughs> I noticed. It's not this a coincidence. True. So for our listeners, she has these sleeves that are separate from her shirt. And earlier, one set of sleeves said uh, yes on the right arm and no on the left arm. And now it's a different set of sleeves. Yes, that's right. I'm, I'm assuming I that has these. nothing to do with your nickname, though. I, I've, I've been making and wearing them since my journalism days. So I, mm. I come out of daily journalism. I was a Washington Post journalist for mm. years. Mm. And it is freezing cold in that newsroom, as mm. it is in a lot of places mm. where people work. And I just started uh, making separate sleeves that I could wear under my business jacket. And then when you walk out into the you know, Dan, a hundred and some odd degree summer heat in Washington, D.C. and humidity, you can just the sleeves off right out <laughs> underneath so that's one of the things that I do but um one of the things that I do back home too is is teach and that's part of why uh I care so much about what this band is doing mm-hmm. because coming out of out of journalism which has I'm not going to go into my whole rant about journalism but it's seen some hard times yeah lately. it has uh, things have changed and things are not maybe as reliable as they used to be and the conversations are maybe not as as open and um, and fact-informed and interesting as they used to be. And Thank you for that. One of the <laughs> things. Really? Yeah, that's, that, that's, a, that's actually a huge personal peeve of mine. Thank you. It's really rough. Now, yeah. and I'm, a, I'm an editor too, so you know you see the layers of editing that have dropped out. And what's so great about this band is that you know, we're expanding the conversation and bringing people together who, you know, we're bringing pe- the people together who watch Fox News and who watch MSNBC and bo- all those people are at the show. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the people who read in, in Washington, D.C., the Washington Times and the Washington Post, they're all at the show. Yeah. And and that's a that's a really big deal. And if if for me, I guess if journalism isn't isn't going to do that, Art should. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Art art needs to. Music needs to. The people who are being creative in the world need to. So I also teach public speaking. I do these kinds of things to help open up the dialogue and help create a more fully informed and open and honest electorate and to be able to have those conversations. And we have these conversations in the van, too. You know, forth, forthcoming projects. Uh, unnamed, but uh, these kinds of conversations that's might be something you might be able to hear in the future. <laughs> no, that's Please great. That's do. great. Please, Please do. do. All that's... I'm saying is that these are conversations yeah. that we ought to be having, yeah. and, and and this band allows those conversations to be had. And even if you don't end up agreeing with each other, that's okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're all still friends at the end, and we're all still jamming out to the same great music. What's the name of the podcast? We're still working on that. Oh, okay. All right. Fanstergrass. We we were gonna we we're gonna plug it. Well, well, for real. If um if there is a name and it is launched by the time this launches, we'll put a link yeah, in the description. Um, we so support it. Right, just head it in. Yeah. The the name of the podcast is. So uh, watch out for that. It's coming up. It's great. It's excellent. Just make sure it's a totally different voice. Uh, Dola, you got an album cooking too, right? Uh, yeah, I'm working on my second uh, solo album uh, right now. It's it's called Aural Impetus, the follow up to official soundtrack to a work in progress. <laughs> nice. Um, but um, other than that, I'm I, you know I, I'm I mentioned earlier I'm a technologist and uh, an instructor and teacher um, of uh, computer programming, basically um, application development, but. Um, yeah, I mean that's what's what's cooking. I try to it's topical, um, you know, about what's going on in society, what's going on not just, you know, here in the States, but worldwide. Um, and some also introspective stuff, the things that happen as you grow and live, you know, raise children, provide for your family, those those type of things. I felt like it um we actually uh, all of us kind of cuz we're all adults here. We kind of felt, especially with hip hop, it's uh, often regarded as like sort of like a young man's game. You know what I mean? And and um, a lot of times it doesn't seem to evolve as the artists get older. Mm-hmm. Um, they either stop doing it or they they struggle to maintain re- relevance by making 
the same stuff they were making when they were kids. Right. But, you know, it, it turns off it turns off people who were who were fans of that music as they get older. They just kind of mm-hmm. feel silly listening to your they stuff. They have nothing to grow old with. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, so I try to speak to those people, you know, people like me, people who are growing as adults and still live hip hop and still love yeah. hip hop and still love music because, you know, it's, I'm listening to more than just hip hop, especially with these cats. Yeah. Um, we're, we're into a bunch of, bunch of stuff. So other than that, it's that and spending mad time in my garden. Hey, good for you, man. <laughs> I feel you there. We're not good at gardening yet. Yeah, we're not good at it, but we sure love spending time there. You got to yeah. see my rooftop garden, didn't you? Yeah, you're, you're going to want to talk to him after this show. Oh, okay. We can we, the next episode. The entire next episode will be gardening tips. Yeah. <laughs> sleuth. All right. Uh, this is Wrench, and uh, spent a lot of time working on Gangster Grass stuff and uh, what we're going to be doing for our next album, all that kind of stuff. Uh, I also produce. Um, I produced the the uh, album that Dan put out that he was talking about that ended up in the uh, Spike Lee movie. Nice. Uh, so that was cool for everybody involved. Yeah, yeah. And, and we also uh, we met those artists, uh, Samantha Martin and Delta Sugar, uh, with whom I collaborated on that at Folk Alliance uh, way back in Toronto, actually. Right on. Um, so that's just been a terrific collaboration between you know Wrench and myself and them and just so many great artists. So yeah, and uh, that was that was uh, one of those instances of. Walking into their showcase and having your jaw drop, and then I just I got I got to work with these people and produced her next uh, record, and then Dan heard the record that we did, and and so he wanted to get them on his album, and so it just keeps building from there. Um, I have a I have a docket of uh, several hundred projects uh, waiting in the wings <laughs> that I will get to at some point when yeah. I'm not on tour and making gangster grass stuff all the time. Uh, one that's coming up is an album uh, with a uh, an MC named Liquid. Uh, if you're from Canada, you probably are familiar with uh, a band he was in called Brand Van 3000, and uh, we're we're starting to to polish up, put the finishing touches on that album, and uh, then it'll be time to move on to to other stuff like uh, Bikini Laser Death Rainbow 81, and uh, a bunch of other ideas. Dude, we should actually, list off band names. <laughs> actually, to each if other. You, you might also remember Liquid from. Um, a record on a Gangster Grass album in which it features not only Liquid but also Samantha Martin and the um, and Delta Sugar. That would have been a Wade in the Water, if I remember correctly, off of American Music, which is a terrific track. Um, yeah, strong Canadian connection through Folk Alliance. We've really appreciated that. Yeah, gonna be touring there soon. Watch out, Canada. Oh, you want to give the dates on that? Uh, we don't have dates. Oh, okay. What? Uh, so what other? Largely, what other cities do you guys have ahead of you on this? Just real quick, and then we'll keep going around the circle. Are we halfway through the tour? About yeah, yeah about about. We're in uh, Kansas City now. From here, we're uh, going up uh, through uh, Lincoln and uh, Davenport and uh, Chicago. Uh, is up there, Indianapolis is uh, on the way way up to bailey's harbor mm-hmm. in wisconsin uh, bloomington illinois uh, um, you guys going all the way to the west coast we'll probably be doing some west coast dates in the summer in august uh, yeah we'll fly um, out there we, we we went coast to coast one time nearly totaled the van <laughs> there's a long gap between oklahoma oh, and the west coast it was worth doing but uh this is our son the voice of reason uh i'm from philly um everything i do is philly and I'm actually working on a, a solo album right now called Boom Bap Therapy um, that actually Wrench did a couple of tracks on. Um, my man Chops from uh, a Philly group called the Mountain Brothers, uh, he did a couple of joints on. My man uh, DJ Why Not did a couple of joints. Um, it's it's exactly what the title says it is. It's uh, you know it's very much just head nod music and me just sort of getting it all out. Um, actually have an EP that dropped last May called uh, The Art of Words with a song on it called Get It All Out because this is how, how I just sort of vent all the, 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 the crazy and uh, whatever else is going on. Um, and, you know, I sell comic books uh, at a, a store back in Philly. Um, I do a podcast in Philly uh, called Black Tribbles. Um, it's all just comics and sci-fi and, you know, insanity with a with a bunch of t- uh, my team back in Philly they uh it's funny my my black tribbles team 
I couldn't decide who. So all of them are my five-year-old's godparents. Like all, <laughs> collectively all as a committee. This kid's got like six godparents. That's amazing. Uh, between uh, my my team and then his mom's best friends, he's got six godparents. Um, and my... Uh, my my three kids just they 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 keep my head together. Yeah, you know if it wasn't for them, I probably would have been out in the streets. To, I don't know. I would have went postal and never even worked for the post office or something. <laughs> yeah. But uh, nah, man. Uh, between them and this, this is a uh, this is it, man. I'm about as, as as happy as it gets. You also got some good role models for the for the listeners at home. Uh, uh, Randy's wearing a um, a, sh- a t shirt with the Superman S shield on it. And uh, it Ew. doesn't matter when this podcast comes out because that's true every day. Because yeah, he has, me, he has approximately 365 <laughs> different Superman logo shirts. No, he wears what, he wears one every day. You wear a cape that, tonight? I don't have that many yet. Don't give don't that away. He might not wear the cape tonight. Oh, he might not wear the Superman cape. Hey, we asked you if there was anything you didn't want to talk <laughs> don't about. Don't mention the... That's All right, a, at the beginning. It's a secret. Maybe, maybe. We'll, we'll, we'll see, baby. All right. We'll, well, this won't be out before your show tonight. So. Okay. Ah, good point. You'll be fine. Well, uh, you know, you can't know whether he's going to wear the cape unless you come to the show. That's right. Yeah. Well, you're sold out at this point. We are sold out. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Well, yeah. just uh, give might, us a it, mailing address, and we'll send you some more Superman shirts. I want to support that cause. Yeah. Dope. Don't yeah. send him <laughs> any more stuff. No, I, I, you know, I have at least 120 <laughs> right now. Don't do um, 120 different ones. That's yeah. amazing. Which is frightening. <laughs> Don't. Different <laughs> Superman t-shirts. Yeah. It's, it's scary it's that they a, even exist. And like some of them are like a long sleeve version of a short sleeve one, but it's a mm-hmm. different shirt, yeah. so it still counts. It serves a different fur- purpose. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It does. Like I have four different shirts. With the American flag and Superman logo, I have red, blue, black, and gray. So it's that much of a problem. I've contributed to that because we're really into our belt buckles here. So I I, I hooked them up with a uh, Superman Superman belt buckle. But I'm too fat to wear it. Also, if you come to this show, you can get one of the Voice of Reason shirts. It's the same as the Superman logo, but with a bar. Oh, nice. Right on. Because it's real. Similar. It's inspired by a superhero logo. <laughs> Dear Patent Office, That's it right. is only similar. Yeah. So, so Pharaoh, you started us off. You want to you want to cap it because we've probably got about five minutes here. And then we okay. Uh, my name is Brian Farrow. Uh, born in Omaha, lived in D.C. for a while. Now in Baltimore, learning a new city. Um, yeah, what what do I have cooking up? It was more interesting to hear y'all talk about it. Um, I uh, I guess I'm digging deeper into music history. There's this guy I really like uh, out of early 19th century America named Francis Johnson. I've been doing a lot of research about him and going to different libraries and uh, libraries um, when you when you start to look at somebody rare. Ooh, excuse me. You start to look at somebody rare; they uh, they start to notice you because, like, oh, someone hasn't looked at, at that document in decades. So uh, I'm gonna start doing more library talks about this guy playing his music. Um, he was a very important composer to America. He is America's Mozart or Beethoven. He was the popular guy. Uh, an American composed music. He did mainly dances, which is why we try to exclude him from their record. But uh, I mean, we've got the the Johann Strauss's over in Europe who are so popular, and their music's popular over here. Mm-hmm. Why not Francis Johnson? Right. And he was a man of color, um, mix mixed heritage, I believe. Uh, um, he's from Martinique. I don't I don't know the origin of his parents, and neither do the historians yet. But uh, I'm going to be doing a talk when I get back on the 25th at the Benjamin Banneker Museum in Baltimore. And then later in September at the uh, Library Company in Philadelphia, September 13th. Then I'm, I'm working on a record this summer, seeing what I can do, what I can put out there. Uh, and I also, I also do uh, a lot of teaching in uh, high trauma areas. So I went over to Greece to teach music in the refugee camps and have done the same thing in Southeast DC 
and I'll be looking to expand on that, expand on that experience in the fall. Right on. Amazing. You guys are so much more than I ever Man. could have imagined. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry I have to drag these guys out That's of here. okay. Uh, Soundcheck awaits. She's but shutting us down. We really, really do appreciate you guys being yeah. here. Like, sincerely, like you were saying, I, I think you illuminated it wonderfully. Like, I feel like a lot of the country is only looking at one thing, and we only have one voice in our head telling us what to believe and what to think and what to see and what to, to know about the world. And I feel like you guys and your music just spreads it all out. I get a full spectrum of, of just the universe <laughs> it feels like and i, I really there's, appreciate that about you guys there's so much more we could say about that i mean just to like the 30 second title altogether you know genre is a fabrication of the record industry only Boom. in like less than the last 100 years that recorded music has been a thing Boom. you know pharaoh knows this uh hillbilly Boom. records is made up race records is made up like this Boom. is these are labels that were created to sell things to different people Boom. and make money um so there are elements of what we do that seem new and are fresh, but in a lot of important ways, we're just trying to tap into something that was already there, that was a common root and a shared heritage. Yeah. And a lot of this division that we're perceiving right now, a lot of that is fabricated too. And we're hoping to just try to undo that, not just in our country, because this is not an American problem. Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is around the world. We see nationalism everywhere and we see a lot of really, really, you know, just, just terrible divisive rifts. And we've, we were just in the UK. We were there two, three years ago. They're dealing with it. They're dealing with this all around the world. So hopefully, <laughs> I mean, that's terrible news, but also maybe that unites us all a little yeah, bit as yeah. people. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we deal with it here in our country mostly, and uh, we're just going to keep trying to do that. Amazing. Thank you, guys. Where can we find you guys? Just a quick shout out to you guys so we can find you online. Uh, Gangstagrass.com. You uh, throw Google, uh, throw Gangstagrass into your, your Google searches. You'll find us on all the social media platforms and such your your facebooks and your instagrams and your your twitters and your black planet and, i don't want to brag yeah. but plus, plus any combination of the words bluegrass and hip-hop will bring us up for the first three pages of google. because of google search optimization <laughs> right yep. uh, yeah hey double-edged sword also we're instagram verified um very Ooh, nice, very nice. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for being here. This is the Shadowscape Podcast. My name is Corey. My name is Sean. And this is Gangsta Grass. We'll see you later. Here, Thanks so peace. Much. 215, we out. Yeah, spark it up, get your whole house burnt down. To a crisp, let me give you all the rundown. It ain't never been a cause for me to turn down. So get ready when you hear we about to come round. Now, feel the rhythm in your backbone. You ain't shaking what you're coming in the shack mode. Act mode like you wanna party when the track on. I'ma give it to your full product when attack mode. Satch mode when I'm on this thing. Spit flame that I burn the whole Dak Gurn stage. When I wrote it, man, it burned through the Dak Gurn page. Now you're playing, man, you act like it's a Dak Gurn game. Campaign, now we move with our hands up. Seems like the whole world is against us. Seek the truth, that's a rule that you can't trust. Seeing how we do, move smooth like a panther. Please.